The following program is intended for mature audiences. You're listening to Bottom Shelf Recording Talk. Sounds boring. Oh my, yeah. With your hosts, James Seabrook. Okay, you were paying attention, but the idea is clear in my head, but translating it into English is not. That's brutal. I understand the hypocrisy. And Joey Roach. I don't even know what you do. I was just told you were the man. Some people would say I'm overconfident. That could be my ego talking, though. I'm trying to think of the right word. Oh. Yeah. Must be a tough word. Next subject. Uh, you're bored with this one? You don't hear us gassing on about it. Keep using the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. By the way, you know, when you're when you're telling these little stories, you have a big mouth. Here's a good idea. What are you even talking about? Have a point. Why are you airing personal matters with complete strangers? It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Welcome back. Welcome back. Now that we've figured out what your pay raise what, is, this like some been. late night jazz. You're listening to 88.12, The Jive, on this late night radio The Jive station. Mm, it doesn't sound very jazzy. <laughs> that sounds know, more like a classic soft rock daytime radio station. <laughs> Jive was the pop form of jazz back in the 40s. Was it? I think so. I mean, I'm I certainly, mean, I'm certainly that is no way before me jazz expert. Yeah, a little bit before me too. <laughs> Enough that I probably have it wrong as per usual. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sounds about right. <laughs> nice. Um, so we're back. Um, we've been let's do some house cleaning. We haven't mentioned this in a while. We've we've been streaming on gradio.ca for a while. Uh, have we? Yeah, it's been nice and consistent the last, maybe the last month. Okay. Um, I've actually been getting him the files on time, the files on time. And, um, and so hopefully this one as well will be airing. It should be, what should it be? We are three minutes in, two minutes in. 29th? Yeah. Should be Tuesday, seven... Oh, three or so something like that you're probably wrong <laughs> <laughs> uh, sounds about right <laughs> <laughs> that's the one thing we're always right on is how often we're wrong yeah yeah and and you know what we're probably even wrong about that yeah if we really stop to think about it yeah so how you been been all right how was your week uh Started off pretty good, because that's when I got my pay raises. Oh, yeah. The beginning of my week, pretty much. That's all good. Yeah, that's all good. That was your one year anniversary at the yeah at the music store. Yep. <sighs> and Saturday, Sunday have been just interesting days. Angry people. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Sunday wasn't. Did Did you guys angry have... as much as just difficult person who doesn't understand that yeah we want to know who we're renting to <laughs> thus you know you have to spend the five minutes filling out our form yeah people like, wouldn't we're, understand we're that? giving you five thousand dollars worth of stuff we want make sure you're... to be able to find you if you just disappear <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> um 
Like that was my Sunday, or like the, the the difficult lady, and she was constantly doing this whole thing of like I run a car rental business, um, and we don't ask for this. If we did, they would just go to our nearest customer. They our nearest- absolutely the fuck do ask for all that stuff. It's harder to it. it, it you guys are, have such an easier process than renting a car. Well, th- this is just the thing that anyone who works at a car rental place tells us and we're constantly like okay our closest competitions like all-star axe music and they all double like or they all ask for like double triple what we ask for in terms of price yeah exactly and i imagine they ask for a lot of the same information Mm -hmm. well some of them probably take longer to approve whether or not you're allowed to rent yeah through them because they will actually do like a credit check to make sure. Credit checks and background checks. Whereas or... us, we, we will only do a credit check if we feel it's needed. Mm-hmm. You're, you're renting a couple speakers from us and you're willing to fill in this information. Like we're not going to do a credit check because under good faith, you, f- you filled in this information. And and so so she didn't even want to give you like like what what were the what what are the basic things she was saying no to? Uh, she didn't want to give us her home address. She was constantly saying, "Oh, this is for a business rental," and it's like, "Yes, but you have you don't have a business account with us. If you want to set up one of those, it takes three to four days. Like it takes several days to set up a business account because we will go through the loops and make sure things are happening because right. we're gonna essentially." give you the okay to do large purchases and rentals and all sorts of things. We're going to have yeah, it so that like six people can use this one account. Mm-hmm. We're setting you up right now with a personal account. It takes five minutes as long as you cooperate with us. <laughs> it, it's the weirdest thing that like there's people in rushes and then they fight us every step of the way. And it's like, if you would have just cooperated with us, we could have had you out of here in 10 minutes. Instead, but because you fight with us trying to get this information, it takes a half an hour. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my Sunday, like the most difficult person I had on Sunday. Everybody else was fantastic Pretty on good. Sunday. Right. Uh, Saturday, though. Oh, man. That was an interesting situation somebody was uh renting a speaker and it's like a hundred pound speaker that uh they were renting okay and buddy asks oh can i get a stand with that i was like okay yeah that's one of these stands and it's one of our heavy duty steel pole right stands because the speaker they want is like 120 150 pound speaker like it weighs a lot yeah and then he's like no i don't want that i want uh, a pole, sub pole. I was like, none of the sub poles I have in stock will support the weight of this speaker. Right. I'm telling you that right, right now. And he's like, well, I use it all the time for my speakers of this weight. And it's just like, okay, that's nice. But I, I'm just telling you, you break our sub pole, you're buying it. You break our speaker because you put it on this sub pole that can't support the weight. You're buying it. If the the fact that this pole can't support the weight hurts somebody, it's on you. 
Yeah. Long McQuaid's not going to be held responsible. We're telling you right now. And he got right up mad with me and uh, <laughs> nice. proceeded to go to Ken, actually, oh, really? <laughs> and complain about me. It's just funny because it's like the one person that you're going to complain to about somebody else, you're going to go to Ken. And Ken's like a guy who... Who listens to the podcast. Sometimes. Yeah, but... At work, he could be the person that a lot of customers have problems with because he could be pretty... Um, <laughs> he can be pretty... I don't know how to word it, but people could mistranslate what he's trying to tell them. Right. And take him for being an aggressive person with how he talks. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. he's like the last person you want to go to to complain about somebody. <laughs> but Ken then is like, okay, let's see what pole this is that you are wanting to rent. Is like, yeah, this is an aluminum pole and you want to lift 150 pounds. It doesn't support, it like, this This won't support safely yeah. the weight you want to put on it. And that's the key word right there, safely. And that's what we were saying is like, it won't support the weight safely yeah. and you are responsible for any damages or if anyone gets hurt, it's on you. Mm-hmm. It's not on us, but he got mad and didn't rent. So I was just like, okay, whatever. Well, but in the process of getting mad at me, he's like telling me how in the last 10 years he spent $15,000 that long McQuaid. And it's just... That's not always, a lot over 10 no, years. For no, yeah. it's not. In the last four years, I've spent that. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, the first two years I was open, I probably spent that or more. But yeah. I mean... That that's irrelevant. It's like, okay, you spent fifteen thousand dollars. Like, that, that's great that you spent that money. But what you spent doesn't matter in this case. What matters is the fact that I'm letting you know this has the potential to hurt somebody and cost you a lot of money. <laughs> Which neither of those seem to be his issue. No. It's just the fact that I'm letting him know and I'm just trying to make it in his head. Like, dude. Was he a guy you've dealt with before? No, but I've heard that other people have dealt with him and he is very difficult. Um, The guy who is doing the rental, like I was just helping out with the rental and like grabbed some things, like things that I knew would work for for the rental that was going on. But, uh, Oh, what was it? He was telling me like how this guy was demanding used cables and we don't sell our used cables. Oh, used cables. Yeah. Yeah. And and how he got this guy to buy new cables was like, yeah, I could sell you used cables for a new price or you could just buy a new cable. <laughs> yeah. And right. like he had to do that. He had to like argue with this guy like, no, we do not sell our used cables because if it doesn't work, you're then going to be mad at me for that. I'd rather you be mad at me for not <laughs> selling you my used cables. Yeah. yeah. Man. I, I'm, I'm, always, I'm always surprised at... And I shouldn't be because it's been happening to me for 30 years. I'm always surprised at how some people just can't step back and see a bigger picture. They can't remove themselves from a situation and see both sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
somebody else also dealt with a different customer who was angry about a microphone stand that was not complete. And then we on the phone, they were just told like, bring it on in and we will fix it. And how it was described to us is the, the top piece of this microphone stand wasn't included. And it's just like, that seems weird because to get rid of that piece, like one of the um, center pieces after you twist. Oh yeah. The one part to pretty much make a, a stand taller. That's what we thought he was talking about. He was talking like, about. Well, it, it, it yeah. turned out that all he needed was a microphone clip. And he thought that was part of the stand. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we should have caught the fact that we didn't give him a microphone clip with the rental that he, he had. Because we rented him a microphone, but no microphone clip to put on the stand. Gotcha. So I, I, I he was pretty happy when I was just like, oh, yeah, you need a microphone clip. Here it is on us. Just sign this just because we are adding something to this. Right. And it's all good. And he was pretty happy, but like it was, he was angry at us for the phone call, the initial phone call telling us like how we gave him an incomplete stand is as soon as I looked at it, it is like, this is what the stand comes with. What is it that you need? He's like, Oh, I need to connect my microphone. Well, that's a microphone clip. You need that. What kind of microphone are you using? Oh, I, I don't know. Okay. Well, let's look up your rental. <laughs> Okay, you're using that microphone. I got the clip for it. Here you go. <laughs> yep. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was an easy one to defuse. It was pretty much just like, sorry, man. That's our bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I've been, I've been, we're switching to puppy talk. Um, I, I've been um, giving her this this uh, bottle filled with hot water straight out of the tap, so it's not super hot. Like it's not going to burn her, but it stays warm for quite a while. Anyway, she's been snuggling up to it like it's a like it's a teddy bear or something, um, and uh, it, it's it's just great. You know, especially once she once she calmed down when she gave up searching for the treat in your pocket. Oh, right. she knows there. She just doesn't know how to get to it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so she's been doing this. It, it's been a good um, distraction because it, it's cold here for her. So she needs all the help she gets. That's one of the reasons she's so jumpy. She wants to jump up on everybody and force them to sit down so she can snuggle on her lap. Yeah. There you go. I did that this morning too, <laughs> which she approves of. And she'll probably fall asleep in a few minutes. Probably. That sounds yeah. like your dog. Right? Yeah. Oh, and there she is. <laughs> so, um, anything else exciting happened this weekend or this week? Um, uh, did you guys, did you guys have a Black Friday yeah. event? Yeah. Yeah. Was it but, madness? Uh, no. Doesn't I really couldn't tell you because it was busy enough in rentals that I was stuck in rentals. Right. There's maybe like the odd moment where it was calm and generally in those moments it was like, I need to go to the washroom. <laughs> <laughs> now before like the next rush starts. Yeah, exactly. 
that's awesome. <laughs> um, but numbers say it was busy. Like Friday was uh, like a fifty thousand dollar day. That's a good day for the store. Yeah, you're probably yeah. not allowed to share a, a normal Friday would probably be like thirty forty thousand. Yes, that's it. Last Black Friday, we did 55, apparently. Hmm. So. Considering how shitty the economy is, that's pretty good. Yep. Boxing Day, though. That's going to be an interesting one. Last Boxing Day, it was like $106,000. Wow. So, that should be an interesting day. No kidding. I, I, um, the news yesterday or the day before was saying that Boxing Day, um, has now been, uh, for most industries has now been eclipsed by Black Friday and that it's taken over as the busiest sales day of the year. Now they were talking, they were probably... Are they talking about like... They weren't talking American. They were talking specifically okay. Canada. Yeah. Um, I, I understand that if it was Canadian because Canadian businesses don't really do the Black Friday thing. Like they do... To. But it's not as nuts as it is in the States where it's like 50% off of everything. I don't know, man. Um, Best Buy was insane on Friday. I needed a, but I needed that, an Ethernet, Ethernet um, switcher. Right. And I naturally thought to stop at Best Buy. Couldn't find a parking spot at 1030 in the morning. Yeah. It's not a holiday. It's a Friday. <laughs> I couldn't find a parking spot. And so I just didn't even bother getting out of my car. Found the same thing cheaper at Staples anyway, but... Well, I, I don't like those types of days, ever. Mm -hmm. Like, I will pay extra for the convenience of not having to be tackled by everybody and their dog yeah. when I'm just trying to buy something like a Ethernet exactly. cable. Right? I'm content to wait three days or to wait a week or to pay twice as much for something simple or something expensive. I have no problem paying full price for a TV. Not that I am ever going to buy a TV again, but um, for the luxury of not having to fight with the crowd. Yeah. Because there's no savings in the world that's worth that. No. No. Like, no. I, I can't think of... Uh, I prefer my days off being in the middle of the week like they currently are. Well, yeah. actually, they're at the beginning of everybody's week. Yeah. Because, you know, having yeah. Monday, Tuesdays off is great because most people are working, so they don't want to go out and do anything. Right. So I, I, I go out and get all my grocery shopping or whatever done. And not have to fight with crowds. No, I pretty much. It's weird to me when I go to grocery shopping and then I'm waiting in line. Like that seems weird to me. Right. If there's if there's more than two people in front of you, you're thinking that something is funky. Well, no, I'm on. thinking like, holy crap, it's busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I used to love when I was when I was single. I used to love going grocery shopping ten fifteen ten thirty at night knowing the grocery store is going to close at 11, you know, mm -hmm. super easy to zip through all the aisles you want, fill up your grocery cart and 
hit the till and still be out by 11 o'clock. Downside to that, though, is like, it almost like milk could be out. Yeah, but it's usually not. Usually not, but... Yeah, I mean, maybe every once in a while, but... And then, and then when, I think it was 2004 or 2006 or something, when Walmart started being open 24 hours a day, I'm not a Walmart fan, but I have no problem going to a ridiculous store in the middle of the night. I used to go t-shirt shopping at 3 a.m. just because I could. And it was one of the greatest experiences in the world when they introduced, when they introduced the, the self-checkout. And I could walk in, find the item that I want, Janet, walk out, pay for, it. Mm. pay for it without talking to anybody. And, and I get back to my vehicle and I didn't open my mouth with the exception to cough. <laughs> it was fantastic. Yeah. One that's what I love about the grocery store. That's what I always do is just yeah. get my groceries, go to the self-checkout, leave. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. You don't only have to have talk, to, talk to, to somebody if the self-checkout screws up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> You know, or you can't find the code for a produce or whatever. Doesn't happen very often. No. No. No, all that stuff's working pretty good. But Yeah. I, I think that's... The digital sales, though, those are awesome. Right. But again, you don't have to leave, the, leave no. your home. No. Right? That's what makes them awesome is I don't have to leave my home. <laughs> there is no limited stock. It's just yeah. I'm buying a digital pot, uh, product. I'm done. Yeah. I download it. Yeah. That, that, that I love about Black Friday. What was the craziest Black Friday sale thing you ever bought? Um, I don't know. I don't typically buy too many Black Friday stuff. Mm. Usually because I'm broke. That's fair. If you have no money to begin with, you can't take advantage of great sales. Yeah. Same. I've helped people buy stuff on Black Friday, though. What's the coolest thing you've ever helped buy? Um, yes, plug-in packages of all mm-hmm. sorts. Like I've, I know I had a buddy once, like years ago. I think he was talking to me in September about buying like Waves Gold or something like that. Right. And he was ready to buy on in September, and I just straight up said, "Wait right. till November." Problem. Yeah. Because if you can wait till November, you will get it for far cheaper than you will right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's what. Yeah. And because they're not in, they don't live in North America, they didn't. Oh, yeah. They don't, they don't think of the Black yeah, Friday thing. Right? Yeah. They don't think of that. And then it's just like, yeah, wait till November because there will be a sale, a Black Friday sale. Yeah. And then you just jump on the sale. You'll get for stupid cheap. That's what I ended up doing. That was probably the, the biggest Black Friday thing I ever bought um, was the Waves. Was the Waves Gold plus a whole bunch? I think I spent like fourteen hundred dollars on the Black Friday mm-hmm. um, buying like, my first official plug-in pack, um, and it was like retail. It was something like like thirty-seven hundred dollars, and I picked it up for fourteen, all with all the things that I'd that I'd got. It was was pretty great. You know what? I'm thinking about it. I think I got, um, uh, I watched that drum program called Superior Drummer too. Oh yeah. 
I think I got that on a Black Friday sale. Nice. I got it probably for really cheap, like maybe a hundred bucks. Okay. And so I think normally two fifty at the time. So right. Decent deal. Sweet. I think. I don't know. It's been a long time since. <laughs> yeah, you've I had that. that. You've had that for a few years now. Yeah. Still haven't reinstalled it though. No, you, you're still that. working through that process. Yeah. The computer at least working now. The computer works fantastic. Works better than it was working. Right. And I know that a lot of that is because there's not as much stuff on the hard drive. Same time, it's like I have none of my stuff. Slow process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because I have no projects on the go right now, it's just hard to motivate myself to actually do it. Right. That's fair. I started keeping, because um, hard drive space is starting to become so cheap, I started keeping um, um, compressed install files, uh, or like the, like the download file for, for all the software that I download and install saved remotely on a hard drive. So that if something does happen, I don't have to wait for, you know, a 12 gigabyte download. There. Yeah. Thing I'm, I'm, I have the CDs for a lot of the, my bigger mm. things. I don't know that I've bought anything on, on a, on a DVD or a CD-ROM in five years. It would, the last thing I've probably been four or five years since I bought these CDs. But I Fair still enough. have them. <laughs> I think the last thing I bought on on physical copy would have been Pro Tools Nine. Yeah. Yeah, I think that I think that might have been like twenty eleven. Okay. Yeah, I still have it, by the way. But no, I don't think I would go. With anything prior to 10, though? No. Pro Tools? No. I have 12, 10 and 12 installed on the computer. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I probably prefer 12, because 12 is the one that introduced uh, offline bounds, right? 11 was. 11, okay. Yeah. 12 introduced their, um, their community... Um, the software that allow, allows you to collaborate with another Pro Tools user online oh yeah, okay that was what 12 introduced otherwise uh, the same program it seems very i i don't know it it, it just seems very not it, useful it, yeah well i'm i i can see i can see the value of it because so many so can i but like how often am i going to need that feature is it worth a upgrade well, that's just it right um, and I'm, oh, they, they also introduced their subscription service. Right. You can do the full $800. I or you don't like that subscribe. model at all. Yeah. I like don't all either. the companies that are doing the subscription model. I, I don't like it. It's the main reason I stay away from waves. I won't, I won't ever buy another waves product because it's a, it's a subscription service. And I think that's why I haven't actually somewhat been leaning away from slate even like I've, Oh, yeah. Kind of stopped buying Slate plugin uh, plugins. Like I have a couple, yeah, but I, I, I've pretty much stopped since they introduced their subscription model. I have been very happy with Universal Audio lately. 
um, they've started to go through a lot of their older plugins, like the legacy stuff. Yeah. And update the the GUI. Okay. So that just things are easier to see and bigger. Like the 1176s are now, instead of being, I don't know, instead of being, you know, a tenth of the screen, this little tiny sliver on there. Mm-hmm. And it, it there's four controls. It's not a big deal, right? But, but now it's they've they've basically tripled the size of it, and everything is easy to see. I should. And they've updated the. Yeah, it's it's with the latest. It was with the latest update. Um, okay. Eight point six or eight point seven, whatever it is. Well, I hope they did that for the LA three A. I know they're they're on the process of it because uh, that's the all thing that stuff. I disliked about. Or if there's one thing I dislike about the LA3A plugin up there, it's, it's so the fact that it's so small. Yeah. I understand that the device itself is pretty small, but it, it, it's still, it's still if a it was space half rack, lightly, like it. it's not that small, right? Well, no, but th- as a plugin, I don't want this small thing where, and I understand it's only two knobs, I don't really need all that much, but if it was only slightly bigger, I'd probably enjoy it more. Yeah. Like it's one of my favorite pl- uh, compressor plugins, right? But I'd probably enjoy it that much more if it was just slightly bigger. Um. So, uh, Golden Age, uh, Golden Age Projects ha- has started making an LA3A clone. Huh. Have, you, have you seen or heard about this? No, I haven't seen any reviews, but I've seen a couple of people comment on forums favorably about it. I'm super curious. And they're selling for, they seem to be selling for about six or seven hundred Canadian. Um, so okay, pretty reasonable as far as as far as uh, price goes. Yeah, yeah, that, that is a reasonable price. And the LA, I mean, the the Golden Age is not amazing quality stuff, but it's good value for the money. Yeah, yeah. So it's warm audio. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait till their next thing. It's, it seems like every time Warm Audio comes up with a thing, it's just like you got mm-hmm. that for that price. Like how? That's awesome. Exactly right. Um, there's a there's a mod a mod place down in the states that's uh, that's doing upgrades on the Warm Audio stuff. But all all accounts like can't tell much of a difference. Because the it's already pretty good, mm-hmm. you know. It's not like it's not like they're cheapening out on anything super important. Well, the components are all pretty good for warm audio, aren't they? Like they're all like there's the Synmag, or, yeah, yeah, Syn, Synmag and um, Lundell transformers and the Tone Beast. Maybe okay. not Lundell. Maybe it's just the Synmag. Um, I don't know. I know that they use the Synmag transformers, mm-hmm. and those are pretty good, from what I've that dude that been was led to believe. Anyway. That's the that's the company. That's the new name of the company that made the 1073 transformers. Okay, same company, but it's the modern equivalent. Then that's what they say. I mean, they they make a whole slew of transformers, right? Mm-hmm. But. Um, and these were apparently all custom made um, to warm audio specs. Right. 
I still want warm audio to recreate the 670. Dude, that would still be so bloody expensive. Oh, I know it'd be still bloody expensive, but um, if I could get away with spending so, like three grand instead of dude, 10. Dude, someone else, someone else beat them to the punch. Really? Dizengoff. Let me say that again. Dizengoff audio out of Chicago is making single channel that's linkable that's selling for about $1,000 um, per channel. That is decent price. Yeah. And it's, actually that's a really good price. It's not, it's not full, it's not full 670, um, but it does the very move thing and it's entirely tube based. But the 670 wasn't entirely tube based. Well, I, right. And it, but it, I mean, that, that's its reputation is, is the six or eight tubes in the signal chain uh, per channel. I think it's like, you know, there was 22 transformers in the thing, 18 tubes, I think. There you go. So like nine, nine, nine tubes per channel. I um, think and, I'm probably wrong, yeah. but there's, there's a ridiculous amount of components in that thing. So the, the, and there's no way that Warm could make that for super cheap. Well, I, I, right. I don't want them to make it for yeah. super yeah. cheap. I just don't want to spend 10 grand for this compressor that I really badly want. <laughs> but would you, would you not be happy with, with another very moo compressor that is like a simpler version? If it could do like 80 to 90% of. What about the, what about the manly very moo? Like that has the reputation of, of doing this, the Fairchild thing to close enough that people are accepting of it. And it still sounds, it still sounds gorgeous, even though it's not a 670. It's still a very moose style. It's still using the, the, the tubes themselves for the compression. Um, Fair. Still a, a super... I mean, if I was smart, I would just stick with my universal audio one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but neither of us are. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I almost, I almost pulled the trigger on a couple of those Disney Goff um, things because I had that, I had that phase about a month ago where I was just obsessing about very mood compressors. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a vac rack, um, Inward Connections vac rack, which is their version of the very mood. Um, at least I think it is, uh, that was on sale on eBay for 33. Okay. Out of Toronto or Toronto or Ottawa. Right. Yeah. And that was, that was like five tubes per channel and input and output transformers and probably more if that's the design, you know? I think if I owned like a studio space and had the money, I'd have to constantly remind myself that I don't need... 670s in analog form. <laughs> yeah, but dude, if we if we if we pooled our money, you know, had this like like uh engineers collective pooled our money to get one and install it in like the master room. Ugh. You know, it, it would it would we would we would all become we would all become that engineer that does our mix, bounces our mix takes it over to the master room to run it through the 670. Yep. And then we'd send it off. 
That's totally what would happen. Yeah. Every one of my mixes, I would bounce okay. to process so, through that. Okay. That, that leads me to a story that I've been dying to tell you and have not been telling you. Okay. Um, so, uh, you remember, remember that uh, I've talked to you a little bit over the last month about that gospel project yep. that I've been working on. Yep. Finally come to an end. Um, about a week and a half ago, maybe about two weeks ago now, we, uh, I, I realized that we, we had reached the budget set by the client. Um, and I still had, I still had mixing on three songs to do and mastering. Right. And so I'm looking at, I'm still looking at 10 to 16 hours worth of work. Okay. Somewhere, somewhere in that ballpark for three songs. And I'd already given them, I'd already given them about, I don't know, about four or five hours of, of free makeup work. Cause I'd made a mistake on, um, on the planning on one of the things. Although according to my notes, I didn't make a mistake, but according to their memory, I did. Won't get into that. Cause that's, that's not the story. So mm-hmm. I call this guy and I, I call the manager, female artist, yep. um, it's a wonderful, wonderful singer, wonderful songwriter. The songs turned out really good. I call this guy up and I say, you know, we've reached our budget and I, um, I don't want to continue working, um, until I have, you know, approval from you that, that I can continue to working and knowing that I'm going to get paid. So I do want to see these things finished. Um, but I also don't want to work for free. Right. And he understood that. Um, so we talked about what was left. Um, we had, he had to pay for the string quartet yet. That's right. There was this string quartet yet was yet to be recorded. And I didn't um, know of that. I knew of the choir, but not the, yeah. String quartet on another song. Um, but we had it, we had it done by that, um, Maria Grigorieno, um, out of Russia that, um, worked with her a few times. Yep. Um, turned out, turned out really good. Uh, so we had to, he had to pay for that. And that ended up with the Russian ruble as crappy as it is. Um, it ended up only costing him like 225 bucks or 230 bucks. That is stupid good. Drink quartet. I know. Um, sorry. Well, yeah, yeah, that's right. Cause it was, it ended up being like 180 American. So that's so about two, 220, 220, 235, 230. 230 yeah. yeah. Anyway. So, so he says to me, he says to me, budget is running short. Um, he wants me to work. He wants me to finish the project, including the string quartet, for $750. And he didn't know how much the string quartet was because we, hadn't, we hadn't gotten the final price yet. Right. Um, but he wanted... He wanted to spend no more than that on me finishing my 10 to 16 hours worth of work. On plus his paying off. Plus paying off the quartet. Right. And I, and I say to him, as I said to him with the budget that he sent, or because we, three songs I initially, with all the things they wanted to do, I initially estimated about $5,000 for the three songs because they wanted radio quality. They, they wanted a... They wanted to figure out something for a choir. Mm-hmm. They wanted a string quartet. They wanted to hire all these musicians, which we chose to minimize. Um, I ended up playing most of the most of the instruments, uh, and 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 so 
I said, it, 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 we should be budgeting for $5,000 because it could be a little more, probably going to be a little less, but that's what we should be budgeting for to make this sound the way you want, to reach your expectations of good enough for the radio. Right. And he says, so here's, if, if he initially told me back in September that if that's what it took to make it happen, he was willing to pay it. But he really wanted us to try to do the songs for $1,000 each. So a $3,000 budget instead of a $5,000 budget. That's pushing it for what he wants. And I, and I warned him that, that what, he, what he asks for usually is much closer to $2,000 per song than $1,000 per song. And yeah. it was going to be very challenging to make that work. But I will do as much as I can to only cut the unnecessary corners, right? Yep. And he was okay with that. And he again reminded me that if we really need to push past that, he, he was fine. Um, and, and he still, he still made no indication that, cause he, he initially said if five, you know, if it has to be $5,000, then that's what we have to do. Um, so we start the project. They basically abandoned me to do everything. Right. Because neither of them, he as a manager is musically not clueless. He's, he doesn't have any proficiency in music yeah. in, in any way, singing, playing, um, understanding, feels it like most people do um, and has a good ear for music, but doesn't understand it. And, yeah. and she only sings. So I have to figure out all of the music record all of the music or figure out, arrange, record. I'm basically thrown into the producer's chair. Yep. And then they, when it comes to hiring the choir, like I've never hired a choir before. I've been hired to record choirs before, but I've never hired a choir before. Mm -hmm. And so I call them up and I say, this looks like it's going to be a lot of work. It would be really great if you guys could put some work in to help find something because we need to find something that works with your budget. Right. And at that point, I said, I'm pretty sure this choir is going to put us way over our $3,000 budget. Just want to let you know. Um, they say, we don't have time. Can you take care of it for us? So I go looking for a choir. I find the choir. have... Prices at ranging from seven fifty, which is what we paid, uh, up to fifteen thousand. Yeah. Okay, no big deal. He's okay with seven fifty, but he wished. He made a comment saying that he wished I had negotiated them down to six fifty. Should have been my first red flag. Of many that I could have called red flags before that, but well, didn't you even tell him that if you wanted a better price, you should have negotiated with them? I did. I, I, I said, I, I, I'm happy to give you their information and have you, and, and if you want to negotiate, then you can negotiate. But um, like I'm, the money's going directly to them. I'm not seeing any part of this. I am not in a position to negotiate on your behalf. It's, you're the manager of this artist. Exactly. That's your job, not That's mine. his job. That's right. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll dive into those lessons too, but... Anyway, so fast forward to to this conversation. We've hit we've hit his budget. 
Um, in my mind, in my mind, the $3,000 was the budget for the work that I was going to do. The choir was an addition to that. Right. And so he, but he's thinking that the choir was included in that 3000 and that's the point that I'm hitting the budget. Right. And so I finally, so he, 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 he asks me to finish this, finish the whole thing for an additional 750 minus the, minus the whatever, um, it, quartet. It's about, yeah. Minus the quartet. It's about another $500. That's what he's allowing me to finish 10 to 16 hours worth of work, which not so bad. Um, no, I, I ended up doable. Yeah. I ended up, I ended up getting to the, about the 10 and a half hour mark by the time I had everything mixed and bounced, but I didn't get around to mastering cause I, you know, I need them to hear it first. Right. Anyway, so and and I I'd I'd already recommended that they that they consider an, an outside mastering engineer anyway, right? That would be in addition to their budget. So I send him off the invoice on Friday. I think it was Friday, uh, Thursday night. I send him off Thursday night. I get a call from them Saturday morning, and he is just. Lord, that there's an extra thousand dollars on the bill and he doesn't understand where this is coming from. And, and I'm the bill, the bill really is. Yeah, it lays it out. Yeah, I've like, seen your invoices. Right. It's, it's the $3,000 we talked about plus the additional 10 hours. Um, and cause I, at, at this point I had no idea what the, what the, um, quartet was going to cost or what it did cost because right. he didn't, he paid for that and I wasn't privy to those conversations. The quart was the quartet in included in your invoice? No. No. No, not at all. Yeah. Okay. Um so you were just invoicing him just invoicing him for the studio costs. Yeah. yeah. And everything else was yeah. he dealt with. And so he calls me up. He calls me up and say and and, and says that he expected to be giving me $500 instead of I think at this point he owes me 16. 16 and change. Right. Um, and he expected to be giving me another $500 because he expected the choir to be part of, part of the cost of, uh, of the $3,000. Right. And he expected the string quartet to be part of the cost of the $3,000. But that's all introduced after you guys agreed to the 3000. It is. Yeah. So that, Anyway, so 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 we have we have this conversation, and he basically he he straight up tells me he'll pay me up to three thousand dollars, but he isn't going to pay me a penny more because I misled him. I did not, but <laughs> well, and 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 that's the thing is is my note keeping is is decent, but it's not so detailed that I can't go back and 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 guarantee that at some point I didn't misstep my words. Right. So okay. you could make an argument that maybe I said something that misled him. Okay. Probably even in telling my story right now, I probably miss said something that a listener might say, well, okay, I could see how he under misunderstood that. Right. Anyway. So all of this thing, he was, he's was supposed to pay me yesterday. Nothing right. came in. It's supposed to pay me yesterday, and now today, there's still nothing. 
I'll even I'll even open up my email here, and there still won't be anything there. <laughs> um, and the 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 project hasn't been mastered. I went back and put a limiter on the mix, and the mixes sound pretty good. Like I I listened to them I listened to them three days after I finished them. And usually that's a that's the point where I shoot myself in the head, mm-hmm. right? Swear that I'm quitting everything and going into welding or something. <laughs> uh, but uh, I listened back to them and they sounded pretty good. I was pretty happy with them. Excuse me. And so if they go off to press um, without being mastered, I'm not going to be heartbroken, but it is going to be a big deal. It is going to be an issue. Right. And they, they understand that they don't, they're not going to hear them until they pay or they set up a time to come into the studio and listen. Uh, and their deadline is encroaching so quickly that, <laughs> yeah, it's just the whole thing, the whole thing is falling apart to the point where I'm now setting up a super fine detail um, questionnaire just to make sure that I understand every detail and I, and I have no choice now because this is, this is only one client and I've had a lot of clients where this hasn't been an issue. But this is the first client that has expected me to be the producer without paying me to be the producer and is now blaming me for everything that is going wrong with the project, even though I'm not the producer and I'm not being paid to be the producer. And so now I have to, I, I, I now have to have that very conversation with every single client. Like if you want me to produce your record, it's costing you this. If you want me to engineer your record and you self-produce it, that's great. I'll help every way I can. And these are the costs, but right. there, you know, like there's, it, it has to be black and white now. Yeah. I've run into that. Have you? How do you, how do you, how do you address it? I've done it once where it's like, I'm the producer, but I'm not getting paid to be the producer. I'm getting blamed. And so I just got to the, after that project is like, okay, now I have to make it clear, like idiot proof that this is what I do. If you want me to do more than that this is the cost for me to do that as well as what you've already want me to do. Right. And that is on top. And you have to, I've, I've, I don't know if I have to explain this, but I've been dumbing it down to the point where it's like, and that is on top of what I've quoted you for the things that you initially hired me to do. Right. And I, I think I have to have, I have to have that, those details in my, in my agreement and in the initial conversation, like these are the things that you're hiring me to do as an engineer. These are the things that if you want me to do these things, you have to hire me as a producer and there's extra car, there's extra cost. What do you, um, do you do producing much? 
Uh, sort of. <laughs> uh, what extra? I don't what? typically advertise the fact that I will produce, and I generally try to only produce if it's a project that I actually want to be involved in. Right. Um, and then in those cases where it is a project I want to be involved in, I might just not worry too much. I might charge like a little bit extra just yeah. for the fact that I am going to be doing a bit more work. But if I've never been approached to just produce. Huh. So that's fair. Generally, if I'm producing, I'm also mixing, not engineering typically. Yes. Yeah, well, yeah. you've seen how many people I bring in here. They don't show up. <laughs> they, they, they just don't show up. <laughs> uh, um, I've, I've yet to produce a record that I didn't also engineer. Um, and I've done a lot of co-producing, which is probably the m most. That's typically the, the typical what case. I do when I do produce is I co-produce. Co the the artist is producing and then yeah. they bring it to me and it's, I take, I take a vision that's not quite clear and narrow it down a bit. Right. Yeah. Not often where it's like there's no vision and I have to do all the work. I've done it. I've done this a couple times, um, and I don't know if I don't know if this is a good thing or not. But I've I've been brought in as the producer engineer a handful of times, and at that moment where the artist clearly wants to go in a different direction than I think they should be going, I hand over the the producer roles and and let the client let the artist know that really we're like I'm not producing this anymore um I'm helping you produce this and you're the producer you're the one making the calls on on all of this and it, every every artist should have their input on it mm -hmm. but if you're if you're having a guy or girl produce Who's it clearly not in the same mind as you in terms of direction yeah. 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 And, and, and I mean, it, it's, it's super easy for me to, even as a producer, to take it in a specific direction, but, um, I've definitely had, had artists that just won't, won't let you direct where they, it's going. I'm, I'm trying to think of how to say this. I don't know if it's they don't trust me, which would be fair, or if they just completely disagree with me. And then the question arises, why did you choose me as producer in the first place? Um, I'm trying to think, what was the last song that I, or the last project that I produced, produced? Um... I, the, the last release that I think the last release that I produced produced was, um, was one of Sean Bosch, um, his new EP that came out this summer. Right. I produced, produced, like I produced one of the songs. He, it completely gave me free reign. He completely gave me free reign to, um, 
to do what I felt was the right thing to do uh, for the one song the entire way. And it was largely because he didn't really know what to do with it. And he, and as we started talking about the song, like the ideas just kept flowing out of me. Like it was the, that was the song that had the five snare drum part. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, that was, it was, it's the excessive song on the record. There's a five snare drums on top of a drum kit. There's a men's choir. Um, there's, uh, two cellos, the steel guitar that comes in and pads beautifully. There's, uh, an acoustic guitar, two mandolin parts, um, uh, electric, uh, arpeggio, um, uh, the lead vocal with some harmonies and just, yeah. Oh, and, uh, cello, violin, I think it was a string trio, two cellos and a violin. Yeah. Yeah, but it, 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 it turned out, it turned out great. A little over the top, but it turned out great. Over the top's not bad. No, I, I don't think so. Um, you know, like it, it, none of it sounds like, none of it sounds like, um, it's too much, you know, like you could easily miss something if you took it away. Yeah. That makes me think of like typically what I tell people when they're hiring me as a mixer. I'm pretty straight up and honest with them telling them like, hey, typically if you let me, I'm going to just do what I think is correct. So if that means muting something, right, I'm going to do it. Or if it's building an effect that wasn't there, I'm going to do it. Are you okay with that? Yeah. that, that that's something I, I learned to, to do because there have been artists that I've gotten. Like when I started doing the whole charging money thing, there were, there were I think, two artists that got upset with me because I <laughs> muted a part to where I right. created an effect that wasn't there. Yeah. So I, I'm generally typically like, okay, this is my normal style of doing things. But if you do not want me to make any changes, let me know now and I'll just EQ, compress, yeah, be boring. You try not to say be boring, but... <laughs> well, no, I wouldn't say those words exactly, but in my right. head it's like, yeah. I'm going to not have any fun with this song. I'm just going to be a technical person. <laughs> and then send it to you and then you can complain about how your guitars sound bad because you recorded them badly yeah. or well i'll tell you that they're recorded badly and that's why they sound bad <laughs> did i tell you about that that home recording guy that i worked with that that uh did did his recording at home in eight bar chunks yes and, and then and that and, sounds like a monster of an idea that I would never want to be a part of. Yeah. Right. He even somehow forgot to record the floor, Tom. Oh yeah. Cause he, he, he would, oh yeah, I was, yeah, I remember that story that, and he wanted his that recorded. Was, yeah. Yeah. No, wanted to sound no like way Opeth, but in hell. Yeah. I would want to be a part of that project. Okay. Um, bottom shelf RT on Twitter. We're on streaming on gradio.ca. We'll see ya. Follow our hosts on Twitter 
at Two Bodies of Water. You got that mic in a comfortable spot yet? I'm still working on it. At Joey R. Engineer. I can't even talk. I don't remember what my point was. This is a boring podcast. Um, I realize at the end of this, we didn't introduce ourselves. On to the internet you go. Go switch off.